RTL Original Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Luxembourg History Podcast, brought to you by RTL Today. My name's Tom Tutton and I'm your host for our second series. Today, we're delving into two of Luxembourg's most famous literary works, Michel Redange's Renard and De Mouse Kitty by Auguste Liche. We'll explore the stories they tell, the meanings behind them, and the impact they have had on the development of Luxembourg's cultural scene. We hope you enjoy the podcast. First of all, why are we even talking about this? Well, literary classics are part of every country's contribution to human culture. Sometimes they even define a people, and when properly read and understood, can broaden the minds even of contemporary readers. So to start, we're going to focus on Renard by Michel Rodange. It's a fable about a cunning fox scheming his way to the top, and it's underpinned by biting political satire. How did Rodange come up with the idea? What is it about? And maybe most importantly, why should we still care about this story today? The full name of the book is Renard oder der Fuss am Frack an am Mansgreist. For those of you who don't speak fluent Luxembourgish, that's Renard or the fox in a tailcoat and in human form. But for now, we'll just be calling it Renard. Rodange's tale is an adaptation of the famous German author Johann Wolfgang Goethe's Reinecke Fuchs, which is itself based on medieval source material. A number of fables with the devious fox as their protagonist circulated in medieval Europe, a number of which were streamlined into the very popular Reinke de Vos, a story which was first written in Middle Low German and published in Lübeck, Germany in 1498. While the basic storyline remained mostly the same, it was Goethe's version that introduced a very overt satirical nature to the story, sharpening the criticism it delivered and giving it a mocking, if not malicious, tone. As Rennert was first published in 1872, it's impossible to ignore the Luxembourg crisis of 1867 and the following Franco-Prussian War of 1870-71 as important historical background. The 19th century was marked by the rise of nationalism, and even the tiny country of Luxembourg was trying to find out where its future would lie. It was during these chaotic times that Rodange wrote what some consider to be the most famous piece of Luxembourg literature to date and he used it to deliver some merciless criticism against the society of his day and age. So what's the book actually about? Well, Rennet begins with an assembly of animals all gathered around their king, the lion. The fox, Rennet, has not come. In fact, he's been the cause of much sorrow for the majority of the animals present at the assembly. Due to the many complaints against him, and the heinous crimes the other animals have accused him of, the lion decides to summit Rennet for a trial. The bear is chosen as the messenger, but due to his greed for honey, Renner easily manages to lure him into a trap, leaving the bear horribly mutilated. The cat is chosen as the second messenger, but Renner manages to find this animal's weakness too, and comes out on top yet again. Finally, the lion sends the badger, Renner's nephew, who manages to get his uncle to confess to his crimes and agree to come with him to the assembly. Renner is sentenced to death by hanging, but asks the lion for one final speech. In this final speech, Renat mentions a great treasure which has been stolen from him, as well as a conspiracy to overthrow the king. The fox's ruse works as he is set free by the lion who wants to know more about the treasure and the conspiracy against him. 
After many more lies and ruses on Rennet's part, the lion finally recognises the fox's real intentions and orders an assault on his castle. The badger decides to warn his uncle, who confesses to more crimes to his nephew and tries to justify his behaviour. Rennet finally returns to the assembly for a second trial, during which he once again uses his wits to his advantage and finally ends up duelling the wolf. While the wolf is far stronger than Rennet, the latter ends up winning the duel by relying on dirty tricks which leave the wolf horribly injured by the end. Although not very chivalrous, the lion acknowledges Rennet's victory and awards him the title of Baron. Knowing and understanding Rodange's Rennet is not only useful if your favourite pastime includes showing off your cultural muscles to your colleagues and friends. There is a lot to be learned from this famous fable, but for the sake of streamlining this particular podcast, let's focus on two key points, culture and politics. If you want to bring your Luxembourg knowledge to the next level, then there is simply no way around the Grand Duchy's obsession with its favourite murderous fox. Several places have been given names that directly connect them to Rodange's tale. Basically, whenever you see a cafe, restaurant or any other type of public building with a Fuss or Fischen in its name, chances are fairly high that the name ties back to Rennert. Language buffs are also guaranteed to have a blast with Rennert. Not only was it a huge deal at the time that Rodange wrote his fable in Luxembourgish at all, but he also made sure that every animal spoke in the local dialect corresponding to the region in Luxembourg where they are from. The fable is also a goodie bag filled to the brim with references to the historical and political context of the time. De Blanentes, a blind violinist whose songs were also fundamental to the development of Luxembourgish culture and who we'll be featuring later on in this series, also makes a guest appearance in Renard. Similar to Taze, however, Redange's fable was ignored and in fact shunned for a very long time. The author of Renard was very critical of the world he lived in, and the biting satire his text delivered with every line was not exactly well appreciated by the elites of his time. Rennet mercilessly mocks almost every single part of society, from the buffoonish rulers, who think they're the greatest of all despite being overwhelmed by the tiniest bit of responsibility, to the far-from-holy priests, who abuse their power to satisfy their selfish desires, to the industrial magnates, who shamelessly enrich themselves at the cost of everyone else, to the ignorant masses of ordinary citizens, who get exploited and fooled by everyone, and content themselves with applauding the elites. Hearing this last paragraph, you may have realised how incredibly topical all of Rodange's criticisms still are. Indeed, reading works like Rennert should not just be left to university students and professors. Works like these connect us with the minds of those that came before, and sometimes these songs of the past might just give us some inspiration for the future. The eponymous protagonist, Rennert, is far from being a sympathetic figure. Even for an anti-hero, the fox is far too ruthless and violent. However, in some of the most famous lines of the fable, Rennert demonstrates that he is fully aware of this, justifying his actions by stating that he is only doing his best to win a game that is rigged from the start. Rennert was never intended to be the solution to a problem. In fact, the character exists purely to denounce the complete unfairness and absurdity of an entire system – and it's a system which may not have changed that much since Rodange's times, as modern readers of this timeless fable might find out. Setting aside Renat, De Mouse Kitty might be Luxembourg's second best-known fable. The tale is a staple in children's early education, and the book can be found in most Luxembourgish children's bedrooms. De Mouse Kitty, literally meaning the mouse called cat, was written by August Leisch, 
a prominent political, legal and literary figure in late 19th to mid 20th century Luxembourg. Born in Mondorf in 1874, Leish worked in various courts after completing a law degree before serving as MP from 1918 to 1921. A member of the Liberal Party, he resigned from the government when the latter started to be mainly made up of members from the right-wing party. He was appointed as head of customs before becoming a member of the Council of State until 1945, eventually dying in 1949. In addition to the various positions he held in public service, Leish was also a prolific writer known for his satirical depictions of Luxembourgish society. As is often the case for Luxembourgish authors, Leish wrote in three different languages, namely Luxembourgish, French and German. While Leish also wrote a novel, most of his works were short stories, of which De Maus Kitty was by far the most successful. Now the exact date of composition remains unclear, but the text was first published in 1936 and included illustrations by Pierre Blanc, a fairly successful Luxembourgish painter. Since then, many editions have followed, but at least to our knowledge, the book has never been translated into one of Luxembourg's many other common languages. Leish based his fable on Aesop's The Town Mouse and the Country Mouse, a tale that had notably already been adapted by Horace and Jean de La Fontaine. Like most fables, including Rennet, Aesop's The Town Mouse employs animals to criticise human behaviour and deals in universal concerns, which explains why it was picked up by many authors from different time periods. In line with many other fables, Leish used verse to tell the story of two mice who visit each other in their respective homes. In the Luxembourgish version, Kitty lives in the countryside, in Burmerange to be specific. She is visited by her cousin Mim, who lives in the Clausen district in Luxembourg City. From the beginning, the author thus sets up two opposing worlds and implies a rift between rural and urban, poor and rich, uncultured and cultured mice or people. Kitty is first depicted living a happy and simple life, but when her supposedly more sophisticated cousin Mim comes to visit, the latter is not impressed by Kitty's home cooking nor her frugal way of life. Mim manages to install doubts in Kitty's mind about her way of life when she does not stop raving about the cakes and other delicacies they could be eating in town. Ultimately, Kitty accepts Mim's invitation to the city, even though that means leaving the safety of her home behind. After Kitty arrives in town, the two mice sneak into a house where they feast on all the foods Mim promised Kitty. However, their banquet is interrupted by two house cats who almost catch and eat them. Thus, Ketty's joy comes to an abrupt end and she finds herself brought back to reality. Still shaking in fear, Ketty decides to immediately return to her less exciting but much safer home in the countryside. In the end, order is fully restored when Ketty marries the mouse Metty and they lead a content life together in the countryside. Now the lesson here is clear. Being happy with what you have, even if it is not much, is more valuable than the worries that come with pursuing a more fancy lifestyle. In addition, the tale criticises the perceived superiority of people from the city who look down on the simpler lives of people from the countryside, without realising that these people are often happier simply by being less concerned about appearances and pretense. Even though it is not Leash's own invention, De Maus Kitty is an important part of Luxembourg's literary culture, and you can find small memorials to Leash and the beloved mouse across the country. In Mondorf, Leash's place of birth, a sculpture by Will Loffy, shows the mice's feast being interrupted by two cats. Next to this, you'll find a restaurant that is also named after the mouse. Similarly, you'll find a tribute to the mouse in Bermorange, Ketty's hometown. Here, a sculpture depicts Ketty happily sitting on a wheel of cheese, 
while Bermorange's cultural centre is also named after her. So, what are you waiting for? Head down to your local bookshop and get yourself a copy of Renette and the Mouse Kitty. You'll be in for a treat. That's all we've got for today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us for the next episode of the Luxembourg History Podcast. This episode was based on articles by Tom Weber and Zara Castagna. Script adaptation and hosting by Thomas Tutton, and brought to you by RTL Today.